Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the ninth episode of Third Shift. I'm one of your hosts, Eric, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Matt. Matt, how was your Labor Day weekend, buddy? Oh, it was pretty great. I didn't really do a whole lot, but it was nice to just get out and away, just be away from that wonderful place called work for an extra day. Haven't been doing a whole lot of gaming, got a little bit more time in on Witcher 3. I'm pretty much right up on the end game with that. Played, you know, a few matches of Battleborn uh, after we checked out the stream, of course, which we'll talk about more later in the episode. Uh, how's your week been? Pretty dang good, man. Went outside a whole bunch with the kids because the weather around here was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Did a few more rounds of the Chaos Rumble, you know, mm-hmm. now it's gone, but we'll talk about that here shortly. Sad. And uh, in the World of Warcraft, I got to 110. So oh, the game man. has officially begun again. <laughs> but yeah, pretty uh, simple week, nothing too big. We yeah. had the PAX panel, but we'll bring that up here shortly as well. Mm-hmm. The other thing we did this week, of course, was our, our usual Talented Tuesday this week's subject or muse or victim of our creations, I guess I'll say, was Ernest. I thought we all did a uh, a pretty good job on that one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mm. think you might have won this one this week, but uh, oh, yeah. I'll come back strong next week. Well, I'm sure you will, because next week we're all going to be doing Miko. So keep an eye out for that on Twitter and Instagram. We'll uh, We'll let you know all about that. And remember, folks... If you got some awesome drawings of that particular character for that particular week, make sure you throw them on up there because I'd love to get some other competition there since I keep clearly winning these things most weeks. You literally just said that I won. I said most weeks, didn't I? You did say most weeks, but I think we can all agree (laughs) you don't win most weeks. (laughs) Oh, speaking of that, Howard was IMing me at work and said he wanted in, so... I told him he can have his kid's finger painted or he can draw it and it'll look the exact same. But Won't you know. everything just be pictures of cookies and fudge? I mean, are we going to actually ever get a character? <laughs> I think that's all he thinks about it. That, that's probably it. Hey, draw Miko. Okay, it's a mushroom making fudge. All right, draw Montana. It's Montana making cookies. Okay, Howard, you, you're... Okay, whatever. We got ourselves a classic. <laughs> If you guys have any any art you want to throw our way, definitely tag us on the Twitter. You know, link us to your Instagrams. We'll definitely take a look at them. All right, moving on to this week at Gearbox. So this week, first off, they had a shift code for ten golden keys for Borderlands Two, but exclusive to the Nvidia Shield. And looking back at the Twitter account, it might be over already, but they didn't put a specific end date on it. The last tweet I saw was from, I think, a day or two ago, saying, "Last chance, grab it up." And then all the tweet replies were, it's not working for 360 or PS3, I'm sad. Just to clarify, only for the NVIDIA Shield. We might drop that in the show notes. Again, I'm not sure if it's expired or not, but if you have that and you've got Borderlands 2, grab that up. Also, for those not paying attention or not following Battleborn slash Gearbox, which I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but y'all should Mm. be, uh, Joe just went ahead and posted on Twitter uh, that they will be giving away some of those Mega Packs codes that they mm-hmm. were handing out there at the show. So yeah. make sure you hashtag Battleborn, hashtag Gearbox, and pay attention for whenever the heck that comes out. We'll update people as we find out as well. Those codes included, I think it was 10,000 credits, 18 loot packs with three legendary packs, and all the rest of them being commander packs. 
so guaranteed, you know, skins and taunts and legendaries just coming out your ears. Then plus, I think, five other skins for, I know Atticus and Alani were two of them. I can't remember the other ones, but I think he said those were either the hex skins or the gold skins for those characters. So definitely something to look out for. I'm definitely hoping that I get one. Well, I know I want one. I'll be mm. scratching eyes out if I have to. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know. <laughs> Just like the bear almost did to you. Yeah, well, yeah. He paid. He paid dearly. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> there wasn't much in the battle plan this week. One quick hot fix to Ernest's lore legendary gear, which I know neither of us have. Apparently it was granting lifesteal to skills other than his explosive charge, which isn't what it was meant to do, so they went ahead and fixed that. In the community spotlight, we've got a couple of cosplayers from PAX West, which I thought was pretty cool. One as Alani and one as a Rendi. And then the only other thing they announced specifically in the battle plan is they're going to be having another Play With The Devs event on Saturday, September 17th. So make sure you guys jump on Battleborn, look for those devs, maybe kick some butt, maybe get your butts kicked, who knows. They said just like last time, they'll have some skins to give away during that event. So keep an eye on Twitter. They'll probably be posting up the shift codes. I think last time they had skins for Oscar Mike and Wrath. This time, according to the post, they'll be Oscar Mike and Whiskey Foxtrot. So again, keep an eye on the Battleborn Twitter. Obviously, we'll retweet any of those. And if the shift codes are still valid next week, we'll drop them in the show notes for the podcast. Well, another thing that went on last week was the PAX West Gearbox software panel. And we went ahead and got some new news in the Battleborn realm about mm-hmm. uh, Atticus and the Thrall Rebellion, which is those new little story ops uh, from one to three players, which, by the way, is mm. a correction. We uh, we said one to four players last week, mm. but we had some misinformation. Who knows what happened? That's really not our fault. I had the, the printout of the webpage in my hand, and it said... You went up to three buddies. And as soon as we recorded that, we checked it the next day, and it said, you went up to two buddies. So somebody caught it. Some, somebody probably got yelled at. But anyways, it's up to three players, not yes. four. And these uh, missions are going to go ahead and take you to a very specific story, and you're going to kind of get a first-person little account of, like, Atticus. And it'll be different mm. for the different stories, but this one will be all about Atticus and the Thrall Rebellion. Mm. And in those... Uh, you'll be going up against different waves of enemies. You'll have different objectives. The more objectives you complete, the harder it becomes. And the harder it becomes, the better your rewards at the end of said missions. Mm-hmm. And the said missions will last roughly, what was they say, about 15 minutes? 15, 20, I think. 15, yeah. 20, something like that. They said they want to make them a lot shorter so that players who didn't have a lot of time, like 30 to 45, 50 minutes, you know, some of those story missions take that long. Uh, could just hop in, have a great time, and hop out. There's going to be, you know, main objectives, like the usual story missions for these story ops, but they said there are going to be tons of, like, randomized side objectives, like, oh, hey, build two turrets over here. I mean, it sounded kind of like the challenges that we have in the regular story missions, but they said each of those side objectives you do earns you ops points, which are what ramps the difficulty up. But they also said the more ops points you get, obviously the better your rewards are, and they said there are certain skins that unlock at certain ops point levels. Like, I think they said 50 was, they just said, like, a, a plain skin for your character. I don't know if that means, you know, just the palette swap types that we unlock from leveling up. That's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's just going to be a new color type for yeah. your character. And then, as you were going to say, when mm. you unlock the max level achievement, you get the actual themed skin. I, I think they said that unlocked it, like, 
85 ops points, which I hope isn't the max. I think that's what they said. Because they said you could possibly get 50 your first time through. So getting the, the themed skin at like one and a half times through seems a little easy to me. I'm sure they'll play around with how many ops points you get per whatever you do and how it scales. Well, but that's also assuming we're good at the game. We're good. Since we can't even get a team together to go through a normal successfully half the time, it may be way more challenging than you think. Well, that's true. But anyways... Speaking of the first-person kind of narrative story of these missions, I was definitely excited to see the kind of theming that the Atticus mission went through. We got to see like some kind of Sin City with, you know, black and white with tinges of red. You see Atticus with like a fedora, like he's an old-time, you know, hard-boiled detective. Anybody who knows me knows that that is right in my wheelhouse. I love that stuff. So seeing hints of that and like tinges of that in Battleborn, especially as the very next upcoming thing, got me like all kinds of geeked. I love that. That's what I was thinking just in my head right there. there was I love the way they're theming these things. Mm. And this one especially, you know, Sin City was an amazing movie slash graphic novel. Mm. And uh, when I saw him in that fedora and then how they, they tinged the coloring whenever he came on to oh, speak yeah. and whatever, oh, man, that was awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to both that and then the upcoming ones, how they theme those toward those characters. Now, we were able to tell you last week that the the next one is going to be Toby's Friendship Raid, all around Toby and someone trying to steal his, his mech suit. Uh, Randy Varnell dropped during the panel the names, at least, of the following three after that. He said there's going to be Oscar Mike's Battle School, Montana and the Demon Bear, which obviously we're all excited about here because bears and fighting bears. And then they also said the fifth one is going to be called Heart of Echinar is going to feature Phoebe. And that is so, going to be awesome. It's just like win-win mm-hmm. for you. Just, geez. I'm looking, oh, geez. We can just skip right over the Oscar Mike one. In fact, I might write another personal letter to Randy and just ask if he can go ahead and throw the Oscar Mike one last. Mm-hmm. And just give me the two good ones there, the Montana and that Phoebe. Oh, yeah. Well, you you remember, as soon as he said Montana and the Demon Bear, I texted you that in all caps and just said, like, Montana and the Demon Bear, f*** yeah. These story missions, these, well, I shouldn't call them story missions, these ops story missions ops. are yeah. really reminding me a lot of Borderlands. You know, yeah. they, they look like they have the flavor that Borderlands yeah. had, that yeah. goofy, just over-the-top humor, ridiculousness. So I'm really excited to see it. The unique narrators like Tiny Tina's Dragon Keep. You know, I'm even hoping for maybe like some Prince of Persia type stuff where it's, oh, you did this thing. Oh, wait, no, that that didn't really happen. It really kind of went this way. Kind of like maybe some switcheroo type stuff. Oh, the boss was impossible to beat. Oh, actually, it was over here doing this. And they could easily do that because, especially like with Atticus's story, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the spy master, Deandy, she's going to mm-hmm. know a little bit about what actually happened since oh, she's yeah. the one who told him what to do. Mm-hmm. So she might be able to pop in every now and again and do exactly that. Go, you are lying out your rear end there, buddy. Yeah, I I would love to see that the you know the dark washed out Sin City type stuff, and then just like bam, color. No, Atticus, there wasn't a horde there down that alley. It was one guy, and then you know, the horde shrinks down to like one primal thrall that he just plinks away with his pinky finger or something. Oh, Stuff yeah. like that, Play, playing around with the themes and the characters and the, the stylization of it. I'm definitely looking forward uh-huh. to that. So for that, it's pretty much all we know at the moment, unless I'm forgetting something. Just wanted to reiterate that Atticus and the Thrall Rebellion drops October 13th, so just over a month away now. Yeah, pretty soon. It's right around the corner. Yeah. 
Also, for everybody getting ready for them ops missions, I want to make sure those who forgot or just never knew, they Mm. promised back when they were making Battleborn that they were going to throw in some Borderlands 3 Easter eggs into these suckers. And I just want to make sure everybody remembers to be on the lookout for that when the Atticus and Thrall Rebellion ops mission comes out. And for those of you who've been hesitating on getting Battleborn, hey, this is a good opportunity to hop into not only a great game, but a game in which you're going to start learning slowly but surely some Easter eggs on what's to come for Borderlands 3. I don't know how big these things are going to be or how small, so I can't tell you that, obviously, until I play and find them. But it's definitely going to be something else that I'm looking forward to with these new ops missions. Personally, I had forgotten all about it. You know, I remember you talking about it. You're like, oh, I heard a rumor that there's going to be those Borderlands 3 Easter eggs in, in here. I was like, oh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And totally forgot about it until literally today when you said, oh, yeah, I saw an interview that confirmed that. So I'm definitely looking forward to playing a story app mission on super hard difficulty, drinking beers with you and going, oh, my God, Borderlands Simple! It's a Borderlands Simple! Oh, my God. That's going to be triple drinks right there. If that happens, yes, it will. it's triple drinks. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. And we also got an in-game picture of Kid mm. Ultra, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we definitely did. What'd you think of that one? Like you had said before, he looked a little cooler than I thought he was going to. I mean, I thought he looked even better in the in-game shot than he did in the concept art. Because I thought the concept art could look a little chunky when he gets transformed into 3D, but they made him look pretty sleek, pretty stylized. I I definitely liked the look of him. How about you? Yeah, they definitely gave him the vibe of Mega Man. And yeah. That's precisely what they were going for, actually. Mm-hmm. They they gave a little history on what their thinking process was on that, and they said they were going for 8-bit oldies but goodies, mm-hmm. and it, they really hit the mark, for me anyway, with the Mega Man theme, because that's what I loved back in the day. So, mm. Yeah, and building off of that, they said that because he's like, I guess in story he was kind of like based on a toy line, or he was like the mascot of a toy line, that when he changes his skins his sounds and effects also change, and they're all kind of based in that 8-bit, 16-bit, I'm imagining like chunky, you know, crushed-down NES-type soundtracks. I'm definitely looking forward to playing with him, hearing whatever kind of crazy sounds they come up with, and then changing the skins around, seeing how he talks, how how his effects go. What I'm really hoping for is I'm hoping for some taunts and or... uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, some some badass uh, 8-bit taunts where he goes in, you know, and he does some kind of epic pose, that kind of thing. Do like a Castlevania pose. Yes. I want a taunt where he does the Mega Man teleport out. He like jumps up and goes, or have that be his recall. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, he'll like hit the pose and then, whoop. Oh, yeah, or maybe even have uh, some kind of like taunt where he gets scared and he rolls up in a little uh, Samus ball. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. But uh, to reiterate, too, on that, they also mentioned again that he's going to be a complete support player. Mm-hmm. His whole mission in life is going to be to dive in, help out, put mm-hmm. buffs, debuffs on, but he's also there to get the heck back out mm-hmm. uh, because they said he is going to be rather weak in the HP department because mm-hmm. he's a support class fully. Yeah, they said he was kind of based off of, like, 
a sidekick slash fanboy character. The one ability they sort of like tease revealed, I don't know if they meant to say it or not, was his passive is he'll do bonus damage if he attacks an enemy that another player has just attacked. So I'm picturing stuff like Wrath runs in, knocks you up in the air, Kid Ultra fires whatever kind of everything he's got at you, doing all kinds of bonus damage. Or, oh, Alani just bubbled you, here comes Kid Ultra to just totally capitalize on that. Definitely sounds a lot of fun. Like we've said before, looking forward to a pure support character. Little sidekick helper out guy. So that pretty much wraps it up for the Battleborn news at the PAX West. So Randy Pitchford went ahead and came out on stage, and Mm. he said that uh, managing expectations is rather difficult, especially in his line of work. And he wanted to go ahead and let everybody know that at that time, they're not giving any more news on Borderlands 3 except for Mm. what we already knew which is that they are in development and working on it as hard as they possibly can. Yeah, yeah. So he went on to uh, have a skit with Mike, and they uh, you know, did the voices of Scooter and Crazy mm. Earl, and they had a little presidential debate thing going on. Right before that, I wanted to mention, he had a little sit-down with Mikey Newman, and they kind of went over how Scooter got his character, how he got his voice. I thought that was a pretty cool story. Just, you know, kind of some behind-the-scenes stuff. I didn't know where the story came from, so hearing them both talk about it and play it out, I thought that was pretty fun. Hashtag yeah. thanks, Obama. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten about that, and that was mm-hmm. pretty cool, learning yeah. you know, how he came about the voice. And then mm-hmm. the way he did it there, too, at the end, you know, oh, he yeah. just came out with it. I was, I was spot on, obviously, since he is Scooter. You know, I've not, I haven't really seen him doing you know any stuff, so seeing the video of him and, oh, he looks like this, he sounds like that, and then hearing and seeing Scooter's voice come out of his mouth was just, that was nuts, man. Mm-hmm. Well, same with Randy and Crazy Earl, too. Yeah, well, yeah, especially when he did that part about building the wall. Uh-huh. He was mocking Trump there. Uh-huh. Uh, no, and, oh, man, that part, I was like, awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that debate thing was a whole lot of fun, yeah. It was a pretty good little skit. And then, of course, what was the, the crown and jewel was to unveil uh, John St. John coming out and doing some oh, Duke yeah. Nukem, right? That's right. So he definitely came in and kind of took over and ended the debate segment. And then he stuck around with Randy to talk about the Duke Nukem 20th Anniversary World Tour that's going to be coming out on October 11th, they said. This is going to be... Basically, Duke 3D, but with another episode of eight levels designed by all the old crew using all the old tools, just kind of revamping it, making it look a little bit better, but not, you know, like redoing it or remastering it's it. It's not a remaster yeah. by any stretch, so don't go in thinking that. They just kind of spruced it up. Just cleaned it up. Yeah. And then, of course, added those new levels. They mm. redid all the voicing because they said the voicing originally was just tr- atrocious. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can definitely picture that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was never huge into Duke Nukem. I think they, mm. uh, the one game I ever played was Duke Nukem 64, which was basically just Duke Nukem on the Nintendo 64. It came out a mm. year later, 1997, I believe it was. Mm. Yeah, for me, the first Duke Nukems I played were the old, like, DOS Duke Nukem's 1 and 2 where he was still a side scroller and was all squeaky clean and you went around and collected little you know brightly colored computer discs and stuff I played Duke Nukem 3D for a really small amount of time like at my cousin's house which I always thought was weird because they're a pretty religious family and like hey let's boot up this game and here's Duke Nukem you can see you know dancing girls and blow up these pigmen Mm -hmm. I, I liked it when I played it but I never 
got to really play it. So I am kind of looking forward to seeing what all the buzz was about. Plus, in these days, it's kind of nice to go back and play those old retro shooters where you can run around super fast, carry a million weapons, blow up all kinds of stuff, find secrets all over the level, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I will say that uh, I had fond memories of playing it, you know, looking at the little posters of the mm. of the chicks dancing, that kind of thing. I remember my dad laughing quite a bit back in the background there at a lot of uh, the jokes, you know, that uh-huh. were going on. And it just reminded me, like you said, a lot of Doom, you know, which is, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, fast-paced, just picking up the guns, shooting the monsters. And mm. I can't wait to go ahead and purchase it and hop on in and let you guys know what we think. Yeah, like we said, it comes out October 11th. You can pre-order right now. It's, what, nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good for an older game plus some brand new content in that same engine. By the original creators. Yeah, like they said, they got John St. John back to do it. They got the guy who did the original music. He's back. The guys who did the, all the levels, they're back doing the levels. Getting the gang back together for one more go-around. Whoo! Oh, yeah! So one more thing I wanted to talk about this week is... Uh, We had Chaos Rumble mode going on for a little bit, and when we checked the other day, it's been discontinued. It's not available to pick anymore. So I thought we'd do like a little bit of a kind of a post-mortem on it, what we thought the pros and cons were, maybe a little bit of ways to improve it, because I know I've got a couple myself that sparked off in my head earlier today when I was thinking about it. I thought we'd go ahead and talk about that for a little bit. To start off, I'll just say that I enjoyed the mode, and I think quite a few people did as well. Um... I definitely like the option to go in there and just pick any character you wanted. Mm-hmm. There was no rules, no regs. It was uh, kind of more of places to have fun and relax. Mm-hmm. But uh, as we saw in several matches and some this week as well, that's not quite how it always went for everyone. I'll yeah. let you elaborate because you kind of brought it up first. So. so just one quick note. There was something I saw on the Gearbox forums just kind of playing off of what you said about it being a fun place to go and kick back and relax and have some fun. Uh, this person, I can't remember what the user's name was, and this is something we forgot to mention any time it came up. They had global chat on in that. So you, if you you know had your mic hooked up, both teams would hear you. So he was saying that he didn't like it because you know he'd get stomped by some team and they'd go, oh, noob, learn how to play, ha, 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 ha. And I never noticed that. I know you probably didn't because we're always partied up, and we're generally matched up against a group of five who are all in a party chat anyway. I thought that was one thing to throw in there something that I heard from other people that we didn't really run into. But the other con that we did run into, I mean, we mentioned that we ran into one round of it last week, was Tryhard Jones and all his buddies crewing up with all unique characters, playing all the, you know, the correct roles when we're in there having fun, trying to be five Oscar Mikes or four Oscar Mikes and one Montana, you know, just goofing around, and these guys are trying to be serious. That, to me, really took the fun out of it, because, I mean, if I want to play serious, I'm going to queue up in Incursion, and I'm going to play Incursion, and I'm going to be serious about it. But if I want to have fun, I'm going to join Chaos Rumble Mode and just goof off. We had such a bad time playing that game, we both got so pissed off at that wrath, it was just, as soon as you had your one-on-one, you were dead. And as soon as anyone else came in, he ran away. And it was just getting stopped over and over and over. That was one of the things I thought of would be a fun way to improve specifically that mode. Maybe give you a scaling buff for how many players are the same character. So if you have two Oscar mics, maybe you get like a 2% attack speed or attack damage buff. If there's three, now it's 4%. If there's four, now it's eight. If there's five, now it's 10%. Maybe even just give it like a total overall buff. 
you get damage reduction, you get health, you get shield. If you're rolling five deep, you have a good advantage over people who, you know, like I said, are being tryhard Jones and trying to play it in a serious fashion, but it's not supposed to be a serious mode. So that would encourage people to mix it up, play crazy combinations that the mode was meant for. I would say it's a good idea. Another good way to play would be to do like a combo pack, you know, like get two of one character, three of another. Mm -hmm. So to amplify or make that idea a little bit even better, I would say it would be to have different characters have different buffs. So Mm -hmm. say you have two Oscar Mikes, you get a 2% increase to attack speed. If you get three Ombras, you're going to get a plus 10% to heal or something. So that way it also incentivizes you to come up with other creative combos and not just a 5-1 character and that's the Mm -hmm. end-all be-all. Yeah, yeah. I can see that too, but I think the only downside of that would be people would find those really exploitable combos. Like, these guys give you damage reduction, and these guys give you health. So now no matter what people are doing on that side as far as damage, we're not dying. You know, we're taking no damage, and we have so many hit points to spare. I think that's why a, you know, kind of a scaling overall, everybody gets the same kind of buff would be a little more, you don't really need to make the mode fair because it's a crazy goof-around mode. But it would make it more more even, where if we're running with five Oscar Mikes and there's two Arendis and three Ombras over there, you know, maybe the buffs scale up a little better, scale a little differently. I don't know. That was my one big idea that I thought would... Well, even then, that would be fine, I guess, if you think about it, because then it'd just be you got a, a partnership of two and a partnership of two that still gets you two mm-hmm. points worth of upgrades. And if you got all five, maybe a slight boost for that fifth, but nothing much that would change it. Or maybe you have that scaling buff, but it only works within certain proximity. Mm-hmm. So if you're one-on-one, Oscar Mike versus Wrath, you don't get the buffs, but if your teammates come in, there's two Oscar Mikes in there, now they get the buff. There's two Wraths in there, they get the buff. You know, kind of give it like a, like I said, a proximity kind of kind of sensor for that buff. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool too. Mm. Basically anything to incentivize people playing the same characters yeah. And coming up with creative, fun groups instead of just going and try hard Jones and pulverizing the other group who's trying to have fun and just experiment with characters they're not normally going to get to play with together because of the mm-hmm. unique character uh, situation that's on the rest of the uh, game. Yeah. The other thing that made me wonder, you know, why that was happening so much was the match we queued up for a couple nights ago where, you know, I wanted to play a meltdown. So we queued up for meltdown and we sat there for like five solid minutes waiting for a match because everybody was in chaos rumble mode. So to play devil's advocate, Tryhard Jones over there was probably trying to play an incursion, couldn't get a match for, you know, I'm sure incursion was probably still busy, but probably couldn't get a match because everyone was in chaos rumble. So he just went, screw it. We're just going to go ruin those guys' fun. We're going to play seriously in chaos rumble mode. Maybe that has something to do with it. That's possible. I couldn't say because in that particular scenario, we did not try incursion. So That's true, yeah. So I can't say that's a fact, but, I mean, it's a possibility. It definitely, and it might even be that. It might just be they came on and said, well, where the hell do you think all the people are going to be right now Mm -hmm. playing some Chaos Rumble, having fun? Let's go in there and, you know, beat some heads. Yeah. I mean, we usually don't have too much of a problem with meltdowns. We don't play many, but it's usually not that bad. Mm -hmm. So I I definitely think that probably had something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, you can take that as an indicator. People who want more, more casual matches, like... Like Meltdown and Capture probably just went, hey, this is where all the casual fun's going to be, Chaos Rumble time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as for ideas to change it, I don't really have too many. I mean, I, I enjoyed the mm-hmm. mode for what it was. 
I agree with you that we should change it up somehow to where people who want to have fun, you know, get incentivized to get in there and people who want to be serious, you know, Mm. stay away. Or, you know what, here's a good idea. When these modes are going, make sure you have uh, not the spotlight. What's the... um, Competitive and casual. Not casual, but the actual... It wasn't ranked, whatever you wanted to call it. Competitive. Competitive, there it was. Uh, bring back the competitive playlist. So that way, Try Hard Jones can go, boom, right on over to the competitive, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to hop into the Chaos Rumble or the or whatever creative, fun time PvP mm-hmm. event is they come up with next. Yeah, I, I definitely like that idea. It keeps it from stealing the entire competitive play base and keeps them from leeching over into the goof-around modes. That, that's a pretty great idea. I like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe something to think about. Mm-hmm. But I'm more excited to see what PvP competitive mode they come out with next. Oh, yeah. We know it's coming next, but that's the mode, not the creative mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know they said they were definitely playing around with different kind of ideas, like faster respawn times, double damage, like cooldown reduction type stuff, just to make it more wacky and zany and off-the-wall fun. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to what's next, though. I'd actually like to see myself, the only one I thought of, and I think this would be a fun idea, and is a uh, rumble mode. So you're getting like a 10 on 10 or some kind of insanely ridiculous oh, amount of players where you nuts. go in and or alt or even if you don't go 10 on 10, which would be fantastic, take mm-hmm. your normal numbers but make it so alts are always up. So it's nothing but just ridiculous chaos everywhere and anger. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> Never mind, well, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I would quit that mode after like 10 seconds. You want a mode you will play half of and then quit. <laughs> Oscar Mike's alt is up again. Why is it up every second? Airstrikes are everywhere. Airstrikes and grenades all day long. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do it. <laughs> Wrath would just constantly spin the whole match. Oh as soon God. as he hit the base, yeah, just spin. Mind. Here he goes. Oh, he stopped okay. spin. Oh, he stopped spin. Never mind, folks. Yeah, Cancel no. the alts always up. We're going back to the Nix rumble. That. 10 on 10. Yeah. That would be fun. Alts up. <laughs> Not fun. I spoke too soon. <laughs> I didn't think that through. <laughs> no, you cl- you clearly did not. Uh, so what did you guys think of Chaos Rumble mode, and what other kind of crazy modes are you looking forward to? Let us know. Give us your feedback. And speaking of feedback, oh, Segway Jones, it's time for the mailbag. Oh, yeah, mailbag time. Ooh, Random nice. question from the box. This question comes from Howard. Yes, Howard, from episode one, You Can't Be Howard. Howard Wright asks on Facebook, I've really been enjoying the show and wanted to post this question. I'm considering joining the world of Battleborn. No, you're not, Howard. (laughs) What I wanted to ask you is this. What character would you recommend to a new player that would be relatively easy to learn, effective on the battlefield, and whose characteristics would be easily transferable to other characters in the game? Thanks. That was a mouthful, Howard. What do you think, Eric? I'm going to go ahead and say right off the bat, Arendi. You got okay. yourself a high DPS class character who can stand in the back and whip out all sorts of versatile damage mm. and really run little risk of dying as long as you don't get uh, headstrong and go rushing That's up true. into the front lines. As for me, I'd probably go Oscar Mike. Now, I'll I'll grant you that there aren't a lot of gun users in the game of you know his specific type, that aim-down sights type of gun user. But as far as his skills, he's got skill shots that are pretty easy to hit. I mean, as soon as you activate it, you see a nice big arc. You see the 
You see the areas where all his stuff's going to be. It kind of gives you that feel of this is how you place skills. This is how, you know, you manage territory. And, of course, his his stealth generator just gets you out of trouble anytime you're in trouble. So I think, you know, for a ranged class, I think he's a pretty good option. Outstanding. You got any melee people you want to recommend? No, he can't play melee characters. <laughs> what about for anyone else? Hey, do you think a goldfish could jump on land, grow four legs, and walk in like five seconds? That's about the the probability of Howard playing a melee character properly is. I mean, <laughs> holy mackerels. Oh. <laughs> but if I had to, if I uh, had to, if you're forced yeah, if to, you had because to. this is a podcast in which we're supposed to talk about this kind of thing, <laughs> I suppose I would go ahead and say, hmm, I would go with a Pendles. Just because yeah. uh, playing him myself and not being great at melee, except for with Phoebe, mm-hmm. um, you go into a situation, gets hairy, you pop out. I mean, it's that yeah. simple. It, it gives you the confidence to hop in there and learn mm-hmm. what it's like to be in the in the midst of it all, That's but then true. get the heck out, you know, without mm-hmm. any kind of you know troubles or getting caught back into the fray and dying. Yeah, definitely. I think characters who have decent escapes, even Phoebe, she's got a phase gate. Montana, he's got a dash. Anything that can get you out of a jam fairly quickly would be good for a new character. Especially Pendles, like you said, because you're going to be in there, you're going to be looking like at this giant character's back, and you're going to hit him a couple times, he's going to turn around, you're going to need to know how to get out of that. You know, even for regular characters like Eldragon and Wrath, you know, this is how you're going to have to move around in that giant battlefield. I think that's a good pick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me, the only other character I would recommend, kind of a ranged slash support character, would be Reyna. Because it's kind of your, your intro to healing and your intro to like a marking system. Because obviously her priority target, you hit him, and then you need to know how to follow certain characters who are marked with buffs or debuffs. Or, you know, you can mark up a Miko that's standing behind the Montana, and it helps you understand this is who you have to focus on. Because focusing, focusing down certain characters is a big part of this game, especially if you want to play at a high level. And again, it's a good and easy intro to healing because you bring up her overshield and it locks on to characters. So it gets you aware of where people's shields are, where their health bars are. It gets you looking around for that kind of stuff. Without being mission critical to boot. Yeah. Because yeah. like if you got a Miko or an Alani or an Ombra, well, not so much Ombra because some people just mm. DPS where they're to hell with healing. Yeah. But with Miko and Alani, your job is to heal. And if you're not, people are pretty mad at you so mm-hmm. you know you're talking about a character who you know no one goes hey it's arena she's gonna heal me and this is what she does she mm-hmm. can get away with missing some heals or some overshields, and yeah. no one's gonna be too upset about it mm-hmm. so it's a good yeah i agree with that it's a good learning character to get you in that support vibe mm-hmm. and you know maybe i'm biased because they're the first two that i played seriously but i think they both have you know good mechanics that Translate well to the rest of the game, even if not directly over to specific characters. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for writing in, Howard. We appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, and we're looking forward to seeing you at work later. And in Battleborn later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Someday. ten years down the road. When that goldfish gets them four legs. <laughs> oh, So that does it for the mailbag this week. If you guys have any questions for us, any comments, any concerns, any feedback at all, uh, you can email us at info at thirdshift.me. 
We're on Facebook under Third Shift. We're on Twitter at Third Shift Me. That's Third Shift M-E. You can find us as Third Shift Me on pretty much all the socials. If you want any direct links to those, just go to thirdshift.me. Of course, this podcast drops every Friday, so we'll see you guys again on September 16th for the next episode. You can find the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podomatic, on YouTube, on Google Play. We're all over the place. Anywhere you want us to be, that's where we're going to be. So we'll definitely check you guys out next week. And with that, I just want to thank all the listeners as we do every week. You guys are amazing. We love the feedback. Mm. We love the views, the downloads, the whole nine yards. Keep it coming, and we'll keep on creating this whole podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With that, don't don't forget forget to to save. Shut up and sit down.